All right, welcome to another episode of Trust Sports. Got myself in the building, Malik Howard, and the guy, Liam Stokes. Malik, what's up? What's up? It's good, my guy. Yo, this this goes perfectly into exactly what I want to say, my guy. Yeah. Uh, you know how everyone says, like, you know, I have a guy? I have a guy. You know, or, I know a guy. I know a guy, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Well, I realized with March Madness, I don't have a guy. I thought I had a guy. I thought I had a lock. Uh-huh. I don't have a guy. Like, it. it's... And I took, I'm going to say right now, I took 150 If I go to my car now, I have $7. Bro, that and, yo, that's not only me. So a little bit of background, Malik mis- misunderstood the term parlay. Uh, I had a couple parlays. I tried to let Malik in on this secret on how to win some free money. And he just didn't do it. Listen, rookie mistakes, bro. Rookie mistakes. No, I didn't know you had to, like, if you put it on the side, that you had to also go to the bottom so of it and put parlay yeah. debt. So that Fuck was the mistake. Me. And listen, I mean, it won you some money, but not as much as it would have as a, as a regular yeah. parlay. But yeah, yeah. when you when when you called me about that, my heart was broken for you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, bro. But in in any aspect, you know, what? I went to the point I was like, all right, what I'm going to do here is I still have 50 bucks left. I was like, whatever. I ha- I'm still up. 50, I'm at 50. Right. I'm going to let this shit ride and parlay. Make one like holy shit decision, but just go with build my money back with a, with a lock. Like uh, it, there's no way they should win. Right. Or lose yeah. right away. We have right away that with that $20 parlay, I lost it with the loss of, uh, Memphis by one. Yeah. Immediately. I had Memphis too. I was fucking pissed. I was so on the Memphis train going into March madness. I had them in the sweet 16, which they would have eventually now played FDU probably would have beat them. But bro, it was the one. Um, it was the timeout that should have been called, but the refs called it a jump ball, just screwing us out. But betting one hundred and one, there's no such thing as a lock. I think Purdue yeah. learned that pretty quickly. Yeah, it's it's it just makes no sense. But I at least <laughs> want to say, you and that. This is why I don't bet. Like this is why I'm telling you, I'm jinxed. Like when it comes to betting, my teams are always jinxed in that fact. And I wish I put money down on the Eagles. Either way, I didn't need to. Yeah, but, I was gonna say <laughs> it's oh, I'm always. Hey, you guys probably would have fucking won if watch. In, yeah, in exactly. That. <laughs> it would have jinxed against you, not the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But hey, shout out to Jersey, bro. Yeah, hell Jersey yeah. on the map. We have small schools that come in and made some ripples with FDU and Princeton. What were your yeah. thoughts when you seen that go down? It was it was awesome. You know, my immediate thought was, I think the Princeton game was first, right? So that happened Thursday afternoon. Um, I didn't think there was a chance in hell. I, I looked it up after and just looking at like the amount of, again, like these college experts, whatever we can, you know, there can be experts just when it comes to March, bro, there's, there are like, you're just guessing a lot of people had Arizona going very deep. So to see Princeton do that, it was, it was pretty fucking cool. I, you remember St. Peter's last year, another Jersey school, Jersey, Jersey. like came up, Jake in the bracket and then FDU beat a Purdue team that was a top seed. It's second yeah. time we've ever seen it. Uh, a 16 beat a one. So, I mean, listen, Jersey, man, it, it, that was really cool to see. And again, look, at the end of the day, unless you bet on Arizona or bet on Purdue, you have to root for those underdogs anyway. Like Your bracket's going to go to shit, right? So you kind of are watching these games, and as Princeton's like up one, up two, like the game's going on, and you're like, holy shit, they might do it. Everyone in the room is rooting for Princeton, so I think that's the real, that's the cool part about the uh, about this bracket, uh, this March Madness is everyone. I love can be seeing on, for those underdogs. I love seeing the like I said, like the bracket. You, I think with that, 
with the Princeton upset, it was 22 perfect brackets still left. Like, once that happened, it was only 22 left. Once the – no, it was the – yeah, once Purdue lost, then it was none. Like, it just straight yeah, went to yeah. – there was no brackets perfect with the FDU no. beating Purdue. Again, 16-1, like, Princeton it, – it, it just – and then Princeton's going on, on a roll. Princeton has a great – like, a shot yeah. here. They, they really have a chance right now to go ahead. They have – first, my, my only take that is pissing me off, I love that you're seeing the new – the new gen- the I would say the new basketball and it's funny it's coming from NIL deals same thing I was saying your basketball guys were Kansas Kentucky uh, who are the other guys um, like, like Nova those, like Duke Duke uh, not yeah. in it yeah I know not in it it's funny NIL comes into play what do we see someone brought that up actually it was the NIL deals and the uh, like the transfer portal like. If you look at this thing five years ago, five, six years ago, you never, like ever in a million years, would even think that a 16 can beat a 1 or a 15 can beat a 2. And now, like, it's becoming almost like a trend. Like, now you're going to go into your brackets and say, like, well, who's this year's 15 seed going to be? That makes yeah. a little bit of a run. Yeah. And, you know, you just said it. Like, Princeton, it clearly wasn't a fluke game against Arizona because they, they handled a Missouri team that mm-hmm. was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So it's it also like, goes. Yeah. It also goes into part two of like, if you, when you, when you look at the basketball rosters, when you look at rosters, it's just not enough. I think basketball is a lot fairer, of course, than football because there's just not a lot of roster spots to give out. Not that these guys aren't talented yeah. enough to go play at these schools. It's just I don't have enough scholarships to give out to these guys, so I can go out and and you know what? Let me go be the guy for Princeton. Let me go be the guy yeah, for these exactly. other smaller schools. And more of those guys are starting to hit the smaller schools, like. Fuck that. I'm not sitting on the bench for three years at Kentucky. I, I'd rather just, you know, give me my fucking years and let me make a run and make a name for myself in the fucking run of, of the championship in, in March Madness. And you're seeing that. So I think right now we're seeing even playing fields as well as that NIL deal. I'm going to stick by that NIL deal having some some stain. Yeah, definitely. I think – let me see. You, you bring up a good point. I think it was Kentucky's – it was Kentucky's first-round game against Providence. And this year, Providence's best player, and I'm blanking on his name – was a Kentucky bench player last year. Like, averaged two points, like, four minutes a game. And you know what he said? Like, I'm out. I'm going to another program. And led Providence to a, an NCAA tournament bid. Yeah. And, I mean, they, I guess, battled a little bit with Kentucky. But, again, it goes exactly what, like, you're showing. Like, there's so many talented dudes yeah. that, like, sometimes there's just not enough room. And, and now we're seeing with the freedom of the NIL and the transfer portal that these guys can go to different yeah. schools and just play right away and make that impact. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome for the sport. You know, damn, we got to get um, my old um, hairstylist. Her son plays for Kentucky. Uh, is on is on the team. We, we got to try to get him on one day. Yeah. See, see, what he, see what he has to share. Yeah. Um, also from Jersey, one of the Bama players is from Jersey as well uh, that plays basketball. So, and they asked him, like, oh, yeah, what's, yeah. what's going on with Jersey? And the coach tried to butt in and just be like, you see what's on his chest. He's Bama. Like, like it's oh. like, all right, bro, calm fucking down. Um <laughs> Either way, we'll, we'll talk about that Bama coach later. But yeah, yeah. yeah. At at the end of the day, I kind of knew that Kentucky just didn't have it in them. They're not that old Kentucky, right? Kentucky uh-huh. had who who came from Kentucky? John Wall. Um, you Tony had uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Oh no, who's the other one that has a, a mate? Like, he's like a big guy, big guy. Uh, Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, like those guys. Like when it when it came down to March Madness, they ran March Madness. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I love to see it. 
our both of our fire um so we got that out like i got it out as quick as i could because i was like it's gonna change within yeah. an hour so let's yeah, get this shit out yeah. my whole shit is fucked off let me, let's go back and look uh i know yours is off with marquette yeah and that was that was one of those that i what was, was that watching, pick i was watching the marquette michigan state game and i'm okay. like why the fuck did i pick marquette in the final <laughs> four like Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but that game, even when it was close, like it wasn't. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Was I just trying to like pick somebody else? That's what I figured. I figured that would that was your long shot of like this could be that team that goes in a run, and you picked Marquette to be yeah. the run team. And I had Indiana too, which I liked a lot. I, I watched a lot of them this year, and yeah. they, fucking, they just let me down. But I have my two big futures. Unfortunately, I placed a couple months ago. They both look really good. But now they're both fucking playing each other, UCLA and Gonzaga. So I don't even know who to root for at this point. <laughs> Which one did you put? Did you put even amount on it? Uh, yeah, I think it equals to like maybe $5 more with Gonzaga. But I have UCLA in my bracket, so I guess I'll just root for them for that sake. Who's the bigger payout? Gonzaga by like a few dollars. Oh, nothing, nothing, too, nothing too crazy. But um, that's Yeah, both like, the minor out. Purdue's that, out. Kansas is out. Like, it's just... Bam, I mean, every, at this point, like, yeah, you just got lucky if your bracket's still on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, what do we have next? Yo, so lastly, like I said, uh, I think Princeton has a good shot of making it uh, through the Sweet 16. I forget who they play next. Princeton uh, has uh, Creighton, Creighton. Creighton. They look pretty good. That's they look be good. A, a surprisingly, if I were to tell you Creighton played Princeton in the Sweet 16, we'd probably yeah. be like, what the fuck? But I think both of those teams have looked very good early Where's on. Where's so. Creighton at? Creighton, I just, oh, I just fucking looked this up too. I, I was like, was that um, in Jersey? No, it's not. It's in like it's not Jersey. Nebraska, I think. Oh really? Yeah, Nebraska. I love these powerhouses of basketball that like nothing else goes on at that school besides that one no. sport. Yeah, <laughs> Creighton, and Creighton, I think their head coach. Do you remember Doug McDermott? Nah. No, not he was like guy. a big time star at Creighton. His dad's the coach. He played a little okay. bit in the NBA, um, but yeah, I mean they've they've looked really good. I think Bama looks really good. Um, so with sixteen teams left, who do you got winning it all now? Do you, are you going to stick with? I think you had Houston. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm going to stick with Houston. I'm not going to change Dick at this yeah. point. Once you change, <laughs> some shit happens. So I'm yeah. sticking with Houston at this point. I'm sticking with my Texas love. Uh, I had cousins who went to U of H uh, as well, and I know they're probably going mm -hmm. hype uh, for it too. So, yeah, I'm going for U of H. Got you. Yeah, I got – listen, I'm still going to ride with UCLA. It's going to be tough. That that might be the best game, UCLA and Gonzaga. But yeah. uh, I don't know, man. It's a great I'm excited for. Yeah, I mean, all the games, really. Um, FAU – Little bullshit. People are kind of against them. You see how that game kind of ended with yeah, them doing like yeah. the the dunk at the end when they're up nine against yeah. you know sixteen seed. Yeah, yeah, that's a little kind of you know. Okay, so thank you for saying this. So I need to say that there's no way these college players don't know the spread. There's no fucking yeah. way. Oh yeah, they deliberately fucked up spreads. If you're down or up, and it was like plus seven or plus five, whatever it may have been, yeah. six. Just fucked off all the spreads for everyone. Well, the craziest one was on, I think, Thursday. It was the first round, and it was Alabama yeah. and Texas A&M. I, I don't know who te – not Texas A&M. Texas A&M, CC, whatever the fuck they are. Alabama was 23.5-point favorites. They were up by 24, right, with 10 seconds left. The Texas team had the ball. Dude was going to dribble it out. 
Yeah. Out the clock. Like, we fucking lost whatever. A guard comes up to him, basically steals the ball from his teammate. Yeah, and shoots coach it. on the sideline being like, dude, don't do it, and takes a step back three and hits it. Spread not covered anymore. So yeah. you're 1,000% right these dudes yeah. know. And, and, and Dave went uh, uh, after the game. I think he, he went up to uh, uh, one of the schools. He was at, like, he knew where they were staying. And they were, like, around the corner from where they were. I think it was FAU, uh, whatever, players. And they were going into the hotel, and he's like, yes, because one of his bets got covered by them. And they're like, Dave, I fucking love you. And I'm like, they all know Dave. They all know March Mastodon. They all are part of it. You know the fucking spreads going into it. They're like, definitely, they're definitely looking. And I'm just like, they fucked up spreads on purpose. Like, I go back and look at my things. I'm like, all right, well, that spread just got fucked over be- because of just who gives a fucks. You never know. And it goes either way, right? Like, it can go. I know there's been games where, let's just say, the spread's five and a half and a team's up by five. And that losing team will, like, foul them. With five seconds left yeah. to get a couple free throws, and it's like, well, what the fuck are you even doing that for? Yeah, yeah. And then again, I think the TCU Gonzaga game, that spread was like four and a half. They just threw up a three at the end. Yeah. Made it. There's no reason to, and other than to cover the spread. Of course, always, bro. Crazy. Fucking. That's why I don't do this dumb shit. It makes me so pissed <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> I want you, you to go. Big, go ahead. Until you hit that big one, then you're gonna be you're gonna be hooked. You won't see me do this ever again. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I could care because because it feeds me, man. Like I have an addictive personality to the point of like, all right, I gotta get my fucking money back. Let's throw another yeah. fifty in this bitch. Let's yeah. throw another fifty. Yeah. In like I'm not getting into that 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 whole thing because you look up, you're like, fuck, that's three hundred bands. I just let it fucking go for yeah. no reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, something that I don't understand, but you kind of were texting me about it. The Nick Saban remarks dealing with college basketball and what he was saying. Go into this. I want to understand exactly what he was saying. Yeah, so let me go into what exactly, kind of like the situation. So the situation was that in Alabama DB, let me pull it up, um, Tony Mitchell uh, was arrested. He was driving 140 miles an hour, uh, attempting to flee police in Florida last week before being arrested. Um, Nick Saban said on Monday that Tony Mitchell was suspended from the team. Um Deputies recovered 226 grams of marijuana and over seven grand in cash in the vehicle. So Nick Saban came out and without directly, let me see, without directly quoting him, kind of just went into like, listen, and and to Nick Saban's credit, he's had history with this in the past where he's not going to just forget about you altogether. Like he's had um, interviews about this, which I just respect the fuck out of him. Like if you make a mistake as a kid, we'll have your back, but you're going to have to like pay for your, your consequences here. Like you're going to be banned from team activities. You're going to like, you're going to lose out on a little bit. So I think the exact interview, he mentioned that this wasn't a quote, wrong place, wrong time situation, which was exactly what Alabama's basketball coach Nate Oates said about Brandon Miller with the whole murder thing that it was just oh, wrong place, wrong time. I don't know what my guys do outside the court. He just, he was just walking and found himself in the middle of something. No. So it's very interesting to see that maybe the probably the greatest college coach of all time, Nick Saban, is just going directly across the hall and being like, yo, dude, this is how you fucking handle your business. A little bit of a cheap shot from him. But, again, I respect the hell out of Nick Saban. Like, Major he, cheap shot. does it. <laughs> no, and, and honestly, it's not a cheap shot because he's right. He That's is. probably the worst, like, when you feel like, like in higher ed, 
you take a course, like we took a course called crisis management, right? And they, they literally go over cases, different type of things that have happened in institutions and how the institution responded to that. That head coach responded to that situation as worse as a coach can do. Oh, saying, yeah. I don't know what my players are doing. So now it's like, as a coach, should you be brought back? If you have no idea what the fuck your coaches are doing, your players are doing, you don't know when they're in study hall. You don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Their, their, their curfew is you're just yep. so far removed of it. You just show up when it's time to play ball. Like, that's the little details in coaching and, and when it comes at this level that you yep. see a bunch of the great coaches stress. You see Nick Saban stressing. Every detail matters. You see, if you're, if you're watching um, Deion Sanders' son, he puts out daily fucking vlogs. You're seeing Deion comment on every little thing. Those are the things that matter and how you handle crisis management in its whole, in its totality. So it's like, I just don't understand how that how that coach isn't facing more heat. And the reason he's not facing more heat, honestly, is because they're making a run right now. And that's Maybe. about it. Yeah. But it, again, Nick Saban, you got to have, uh, what, what is it? You have to have your own ethics and morals in yourself. Like, my number one player that's probably going to be the top draft pick, I yeah. got to sit you, bro. I'm sorry. You should, you should yeah. just, you're all the wrong crowd. We take the L. This coach is like, I, I need this W. I need, he's putting winning yeah. over a body. And that's just madness in my eyes. And again, like, look at it in the grand scheme of, like, these are, like, they're kids. Like, they're young men. And, you know, unfortunately, bad shit fucking happens. And listen, maybe Brandon Miller, like, we talked about it, and, and hopefully at this point, because it's kind of being, like, we haven't heard about it. And honestly, the only reason we're talking about it again, it's been, what, two weeks, is because Nick Saban said something. Hopefully, it was just something, like, he got caught up in the bad crowd. Learn from it, grow from it, and, like, and let's fucking move on. But, I mean, you're right. To be so tone deaf to this entire situation, so much so, and we talked about this before, of when Brandon Miller came out getting patted down as part of his warm-up like celebration. Like, you don't even know that, that your guy's been doing this all year and now is involved in a murder investigation. Nate Oates, like, maybe let's say something about that. And you're right. I mean, Nick Saban, I think this kid was a five-star recruit, five-star DB. Yeah. You're right. He's going to send yeah. him out, and he's going to make him pay for it because yeah. that's – part of the college coach is developing these yeah. kids into men, yeah. not only in their sport, but in life in general. And yeah. you're right. The only reason that nothing's being said about this is because the kid Brandon Miller is a, a lottery NBA pick this year. And Bam is a top seed, probably yeah. the best team in the nation right now. Yeah. Make Sweet 16 run. Yeah. That's the only reason you're, you're seeing this. I mean, I legit was just watching D De again, Dion talk about it. And Dion legit said like in front of his all player, he's like, if you're failing classes, you will not play. Yeah. will not play. Again, Dion did not let his son play in the fucking one of the what, championship game, whatever like that. I fear for what reason, either class or he was late. He And, and his late is if the meeting starts at 8 o'clock and you're not in here by 745, you're exactly. late. So the yep. kid, his son was in there before 8 o'clock, but was the last one to get in there. He's like, you're benched. You're not playing in this last game. Sorry. Yeah. And do that to yeah. your son. Like That's some shit my dad would do all the time. But at the end of the day, it's he told it. He looked at the coaches and said, can you trust a player that gets Fs? No. I can't trust you. If you can't do your, your work there, how can I trust you here? So it's like, it's hand-to-hand, -hand, bro. I, I'm Now that coach is putting his name on the line for this player. Now, well, let's say this player has a, God forbid, never has another incident again. But let's say he has the same thing that Ruggs had in the NFL now. He does, he does yeah, it again. Exactly. He does, like, it, and, and look what happened to Ruggs. So it's it means something, man. It really does. It does. Yeah, I mean, again, going back to that example of, like, failing your classes. Guarantee that kid's going to work 10 times harder to get his grades up. <laughs> Yeah. being late bet you they won't be late again yeah. like yeah let's take a look like let's say nick saban kind of turns a blind eye like mm -hmm. nato's is doing you're right who's to say it's like yeah. now that kid's like fuck man i'm untouchable 
Especially yeah. when I get to the league, I'm going to be untouchable. I'm going to be um, doing the same fucking thing. With money so, now, with more you money. Cut it, man. It's part. It's part of your job as a as a as a collegiate coach. Did you ever hear the story of uh, Travis Kelsey or what happened to him? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I was wondering what like what happened to Travis Kelsey. So if you don't know, Travis Kelsey was at Cincinnati with his brother. Uh, Travis Kelsey was they they put he played in the bowl game as a starting quarterback. Like, he was their quarterback, Cincinnati's quarterback. Went into was at Burb down there, smoked, got high, and everything like that. They drug tested him that day of the the bowl. Mm-hmm. He was also come back immediately. He played in it, got suspended, kicked off the team, got brought back as a tight end. Now look where he's at because the coach took the right, you know, ramifications. You kicked off the team, you have to work ten times harder to get back here, and he did. So and Jason, it, it does Kelsey, bro. Jason, Jason Kelsey, like vouch for him, like yeah, give, give him like give him one more give chance, him another shot. But you're right. The coach was like, all right, like, I'm not just going to let him back on the team. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he he had to pay for it. He had to learn that lesson. And look again, like now look at him. Yeah, exactly. So, again, man, it's honestly, it's like, it's, it's a shame that you're right. This, this NATO, it's the Bama coach right now. He's looking at one thing and one thing only. And I wouldn't have yeah. had him etched in as a national champion. And yeah, I can't value that over, over a player in my eyes. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on to some baseball talk, man. We haven't talked about what's going on. It's, it's been an exciting uh, road baseball classic, I would say. You're seeing all the teams right now coming up tonight, actually. So yeah, tonight. It, it'll be over. We have the Battle of World War II, bro. <laughs> it's the Battle of World War II. Who's going to drop this one? Who's going to get their, their lick back? We have USA versus Japan coming up. Did you uh, – so I can't – like, I was like – how with with history history you know I was a history major in, in undergrad I was just like why is you know America's greatest pastime one of the biggest sports in Japan like do you know why I did mad research to like figure it out like I have some some points but I just want to see I feel you know. like I feel like I've heard I feel like I know but no, no let me let me hear it. well it's, it's not one reason but it really dates back to the war right we had American soldiers over there uh, all around and we're, you know, promoting the sport, talking about the sport during that time. It now has turned into the number one sport in Japan. Like over all other sports that are there, that are located there, it's the number one sport. So give me some background. So um, they have their own league. I'm not even going to pronounce this word, but I'm, yeah. Nippon. I mean, it's Nippon. The best, the best player in the world right now is from Japan. It's from Japan. From Japan, right? So it's from Nippon. First of all, that's their leagues. They, and they have their own farm leagues as well. Yeah. They have, like, two farm it's leagues. Legit. It's legit. It, it then breaks down even further. So all games at all levels matter. So, like, Little League, high school. Like, they even mentioned the high school games are broadcasted to millions. And millions show up to their high school high school games to the point that they're making them at a young age destined to become these pro players. And that's what you're seeing when Japan comes over here and they play in a Little League World Series, they have won seven or five Little League World Series because they're fucking bred from the ground up to play in these big-time games and are put on the the markets. Something interesting that they have in comparison to our, like, uh, system is they have a very, very, very loyal fan base. And in the stadium, it's, like, kind of how we see, like, that college atmosphere. Like, like you're at the Seminoles. They have, like, the chop, right? They have have their chance. Every team has their own chance, and the stadium is split. No opposing team could be on the other side. It's like this fan, it's Yankees and let's say Mets on one side. They don't interact with each other. They're like, and their chance versus this chant. It's like school versus school. They don't intermingle. You can't sit with one another at these at these um, sporting events. 
very loyal fans as well as very loyal players. Their players rarely get traded. They stay on the same team their entire career or, until they get either to here in the U.S. or they retire out. But they stay on the same team. And I was like, fuck, bro. This is truly like its own system that I could see. I'm surprised a lot of our players don't go over there and play. The atmosphere is, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, I was going to – there are – there's occurrences where like players when they're on the tail end of their careers over here, like that's where they'll go. Um, it's been awesome that like this, this fucking tournament has been awesome. I know I've been texting you. Uh, I know we had Matt Yannick on a few weeks ago. Like I've been texting him about it. Like every single game that's played, feels like a game seven of the world series. Like the energy is fucking awesome. And also fuck you MLB. Cause guess what? There's not a pitch clock. There's not bigger bases. You don't need to ban the fucking shift. And look at this. Does that look like a dying sport to you? Does that look like a sport that needs changing? I mean, we had Saturday night. Now Philly trade. Go ahead, Grand Slam. We had last night, because we're recording this on Tuesday. So Monday night, Japan walk off against Mexico in a game that was fucking incredible. Again, the the atmosphere alone was fucking incredible. Let me ask you, Malik, how long did either one of those two games take? I don't know. I was at the gym, and they were quick as fuck. Nobody fucking knows. Because yeah. it doesn't. Because it doesn't matter. It's not. Yeah. It's not a fucking. Yeah. So again, that's my little yeah, rant. Right. I know we talk about this. It's stupid as shit. Um, this tournament is saving baseball. Yeah, it's showing you how popular this game is worldwide. So much so that I would make the argument. What we just said, like, are is the you not is the United States as a fan base even top three or top four like nationwide anymore? Because mm-hmm. I'm watching this Japan crowd. Um, Mexico last night, Venezuela, the DR, DR Puerto like, Rico, DR Puerto Rico dude, game was crazy. Fucking, it's baseball's their life. Yeah. So it's been really, really fucking cool to see. It's it's cool how we're seeing these uh, you know major league ball players be branded now again on a nationwide scale. We're seeing Otani, uh, Acuna, Randy Arozarena, Trey Turner, and everyone on the United States squad. It has been incredible, and it's so cool to see because guess what? Again, we talked about this before. As an average baseball fan, as a guy who, you know, may watch it later down the road, you know, we talked about it with you, right? Like, a pitch clock's not going to keep you in. Yeah. I guarantee, like, flipping through the channels or when you're at the gym watching this, that is going to keep you in. That yeah. crowd's going to keep you in. Like, yeah. that, that is what's going to get baseball back. So, seeing this, the amount of views that it's had, um, I think I saw something like the Bryce Harper go-ahead home run to get the Phillies to the World Series had about 2 million views on Twitter right now. The Aaron Judge video when he hit that record 62 for the Yankees had maybe 1.5 million. The Trey Turner Grand Slam had over 7.5 million views in the first 12 hours. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah. fucking cool to see. And, again, it yeah. doesn't look like a dying sport to me. It's it, that This tournament is saving baseball. Yeah, yeah. It, it But it brings up the question, right? Now that we start seeing we, what we see the Mets curse going on, we've seen what just happened with one of the pitches from Mexico. Oh, no, Puerto Rico. From yeah, Puerto yeah. Rico celebrating. Um, he's a Mets pitcher as well. Celebrating is out for the season now. What is he, towards ACL? Yeah, he did something, but he's yeah. probably, he's arguably the best closer in the game. Yeah, so he's out for the season for the Mets. Hilarious because of what the Mets did last offseason. Yeah. <laughs> with all that money spent going into it. Now, it made me think. You have, you know, the NBA players who, when they go to the Olympics, they play, but, you know, they're still, you know, cautious of, is this worth my body and a risk of what I want to do? I still think that this goes to show you, like, 
nah, the world still cares about this. The world still cares about USA versus Mexico or USA versus this person. When you put world sports out there, oh, it yeah. still draws of like, yo, and you know, a lot of my fraternity members are Hispanic and they're like, yo, fuck Puerto Rico, fuck DR, it's it's DR, yeah. Puerto Rico. Like, that shit is awesome to see, like, because everyone's trying to say they have the best players, right? Everyone's saying, you know, the U.S., we have the best players, or DR, all the best players. Like, I love it when you watch, like, the World Series, we watch Houston players go and talk. None of them speak English. The whole fucking yeah. organization, yeah. none of the players speak fucking English, and they get interpreted. I'm like, how do they put on the same team? Like, this is nuts. And so it's always a debate of who has the best players, and Putting at their scale just shows you, like, fucking people care, bro. Keep this up. How often does this happen? Is it every four as well? I think so, yeah. Hey, man, move that shit up to every two. That's what I said. At the least. Yeah. The least. <laughs> Again, like, you're you're talking to these players, like Adam Wainwright, pitcher for the Cardinals. Storied career. Hall of Famer. First bow Hall of Famer. Like, listen to him talk about it. He had an interview. He's like, this is the most fun I've had ever playing yeah. game. Ever. Yeah. Trey Turner, again, won a World Series in 2009 with the Nationals. He said that grand slam, like there was no feeling I've ever had like it. So like you're right, man. Like these dudes take a ton of pride to play for their country, and again, it's it's been really really fun. Yeah, word. I love it. I can't. Hey, let's go. It's the only time I'm saying I'm USA. It's the only time I'm repping uh, yeah. USA. It's right now. It's tonight. It's gonna be, tonight's gonna be a fun one. Battle of World. Hey, we're the World War Two champions, bro. We gotta keep this yeah, shit going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, <laughs> last remarks. Let's move on to the NFL trades. Uh, Yo, can I be honest real quick? Of course. I have no idea who the fuck that wide receiver is from the Texans. No, oh, yes, yes, you do. I have no idea who he was. He was uh, drafted by the Saints, I believe. What you might notably remember him as is the one getting knocked the fuck out by Malcolm Jenkins in the Super Bowl uh, very early on. I'll send you the video. You'll remember it. What? But he's a guy. I mean, he was a consistent 1,000-yard receiver. He's been bounced around the league a little bit now. Um, but, again, I know we've talked about this, um, the Colin Calvert video, like what the fuck the Cowboys are doing. Yeah. Mari Cooper walk. And what is he making, like two or three mil more than what yeah. he's making? Like this is just such a mad scramble, and it's typical Cowboys. Oh, yeah. It's typical Cowboys to be like, okay, let's get rid of Coop, but then let's bring in someone that's – not as good as Coop. Yeah, not. And I said to you, I said, yo, the, we, we look like the Raiders. We just look like a little bit better than the Raiders, how the Raiders got rid of Carr to bring in. Uh, who yeah, did they yeah. bring in? Uh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. It's like, what are we doing here? And and in this one, we're taking an L. It's not an even match. We're taking an L with losing Coop. And at the end of the day, the issues are not we need. Yeah, we need wide receivers. Okay, cool. Like, I, when I looked him up, I was like, all right, he's going to be a good addition, right? He's okay. definitely better than Gallup. Like, he's, he's going to yeah. be up there with, with those guys, right? At the end of the day, we already had that. I mean, you, we were already passing for what it is. That's not the issue. We know what the issue is. We know where it's at. It yeah. deals with front office decisions, our offensive line guys getting hurt, and it deals with fucking the quarterback. It's, yeah. it's the quarterback. What, what else do we – why are we putting weapons around him? To No matter what, that's what we've done. We've put weapons around him, and he still sucks. It's cut ties and keep it pushing. But, hey, man, we'll keep it to Tony Romo. We'll just have this guy for a billion years and, and lose all his talent. It's exactly. like I'm so tired of seeing – these guys come from the Cowboys with such great talent. We waste their time. They go somewhere else and they go win a chip. Like, I'm, I mean, how many wide receivers can you see come through that are touted to be the guy but have had to play for a bum-ass quarterback and then go on to win a Super Bowl somewhere else? You had Danny Amendola. You had fucking Beasley. You had all these fucking guys that, that 
poop is somewhere now. You know, you have all these guys that come through and it's like, shame, man. Like, we brought them in to do something and we waste our fucking time because we don't change the issue at hand. So, they, like I, I said, the Cowboys do what the Cowboys do. They do, man. And I didn't realize how good Amari Cooper was last year. I mean, Oh, the yeah. Quiet. But quietly, like, fucking great. And this yeah. is such, again, like, it's such a Cowboys move of, you know what? Like, we're fine. Like, we'll just get rid of Amari Cooper. Like, save the money for Zeke. We overpaid for Dak. Like, that's totally fine. <laughs> And then you have this season when, again, like you're looking across your division rival with the Eagles and their two number one receivers. You're looking around the league. It's like that's kind of what's changing now. Like the Bengals with their trio and duo, uh, the Dolphins, like what they have, like this offensive scheme now is so shifted. And then you see Dak for, again, what he is, and that's mediocre at best, which can be a little bit better if he has the weapons around him. So, again, it was like a mad scramble of, well, holy fuck, we need to get another receiver in. Like, who's available right now? All right, Brandon Cook's like, let's fucking bring him in. We talked about, thank God, because I thought DeAndre Hopkins was on the table for the Cowboys, and it's almost like they didn't even want to wait. They were like, no, we need to bring him in. We need to bring Brandon Cooks in right now, in March, middle of March. And you tell me you couldn't get D-Hop for how skewed the market is. We'll talk about this next week to save it. But being how the market is so skewed, you couldn't get that for D-Hop. Either A, D-Hop didn't want to come and wasn't accepting no deals, or yeah. B, it's like you're just so fucking stupid, you don't know how to make a deal. And it's sad to say that, like, I didn't even bring up the biggest fucking thing is we got rid of Zeke. Like, that's the craziest shit yeah. to see. And I didn't even talk about that first because it's like, it, and I've seen that coming this whole season with Pollard and everything going on in that yeah. position. But it still is like, it definitely is like a fucking, like, damn, like, I can't imagine him. So, someone told me that he might come back. We might resign him for like nothing. And I don't know. I don't know where he'll end up at. But it's still crazy to see, like, damn, dude, like, this is one of, like, the guys that I, I kind of, like, been – I've been caring about sports more than I ever did was Zeke, yeah. you know, coming from Ohio State, seeing what he's done for the say, team. Yeah. For but you, it's I, like, you've been watching and rooting for Zeke for longer than the average Dallas fan because of Ohio yeah. State. So it's yeah. weird. It's, it's, so, it's, so, it's going to be so strange. And next week I'll talk a little bit about the feelings towards how the running back market is when he's a change in the running back market and how crazy of a drop-off this guy has had. Um, but in Eagles news, and we'll end it here with how crazy, and I want to see your justification. I know the Eagles are going to pull some shit out of you guys losing CJ. Go ahead. Let me hear uh, the bullshit. Honestly, no bullshit. Like, I think you, we talked about it when it happened. Like, I CJ blew the bag. Like, get a new agent, my guy, because – Good Lord. Now the details are actually coming out, and holy shit. Um, so apparently, again, what's happened to give a little bit of a background, he was a top priority for the Eagles. They gave him a three-year contract worth, I think, upwards of 26 um, total, and he turned it down. He thought it can get a lot more. So the Eagles said, okay, well, we're not going to wait around for you. That's when Bradbury came about. That's when the Slay contract came about. Um, and then a little bit further down the line, uh, the safeties are starting to get paid nowhere close to what he thought he was going to get. As we talk about, the market was just nowhere near there, so someone misdirected him. There, he would have been the second highest paid, maybe the highest paid. I think Jesse Bates got like 17 a year. He was getting right around like 12 or 13. Clearly would have been the second highest paid safety this offseason. Didn't want to take it. He signed for one year, 8 mil this year with the Lions. And I said to you, the way that Howie Roseman's been able to move around this salary cap his entire time with the Eagles, and especially this season, like bringing back Slay at first wasn't an option, but like how he's constructing these deals made it that. So there's no way, like $8 million, 
is an insane amount of money to us, right? But in in the grand scheme, no, of and for team, them it's nothing. It's yeah, it's so nothing. they saw this and were like, you know what, dude? Like, we're not like no. You got to go ahead. So you would rather sorry to interrupt you. You would rather um, if, let's say all tables online. Who would you rather keep, Slay or CJ? So when Slay got released, I think at first I was like, you know what? You got Bradbury. Draft your next corner at number ten because there's like two or three dudes I really like and re-sign CJ. That was my thinking. Now again, you you might be thinking like at this point I'm just saying stuff because it's hard like not making excuses. I'm fine with Slay being back, and I'm also kind of fine with CJ leaving because right now this the safety room is depleted and I get that. Um, Reed Blankenship played a really good role with them last year to the point where when CJ missed six games, nothing really changed. Like, honestly, with this defense, like the safety room, nothing really changed. And I love CJ for his versatility, but I think one of the main reasons that not only just the Eagles, like nobody gave him a long-term deal was because what we talked about, like he's a new safety. Like you really don't know what he's going to be. And he had a great year this year, but who's to say that this year he kind of doesn't get it figured out in Detroit. Like then what? So you have to sit here and say in all, in all aspects, this is what you had to come at hand. You have a defense that was never really playing from behind and could play the – we could put anyone in a position because no matter what, we're dogging dudes out because of how well our offense is moving. Right. I think you're going to see a struggle in defense with C.J. missing in your defense. Again, this is coming from your own guy. This is coming from Brian Dawkins saying, like, he's the guy. 23 yeah. is the man. Yeah. Keep fucking him. And in my eyes, I'd rather keep the youngin' rather than old-ass Slay, and let's let and bet on the young guy rather than older Slay. And, yeah. and I've already seen what he could do. I, I'm seeing his, again, from the outside, his decline happening now. I'd rather have the guy that could, no matter what, I could put pieces in, and that safety position is the quarterback of the defense, him and a well, linebacker. With that being said, like, again, your argument with being up the entire way can go both ways, right? Like, CJ yeah. just played back. He pinned his ears back. They played a couple bad quarterbacks. Yeah. He picked them off because all they're doing is throwing it downfield. I will say the only the one main argument that I do completely stand by, and the reason I was fine with, hey, if we lose Slay and re-sign CJ, is because I like a couple of the guys. That, oh, yeah, so like I was saying, with um, the reason I was almost fine with, like, look, if Slay needs to leave and CJ comes back, there's dudes at that number 10 pick that we had. Like, that's why I was kind of fine with it. But I, I firmly believe the tougher position to fill to find an elite player, it's harder to fill the cornerback spot than it is a safety spot. I and again, I saw that firsthand this year. Marcus yeah. Epps, who the Raiders signed, was, I think, an undrafted, late, late round pick at best with us, came in, filled a role. Reed Blankenship, undrafted from Middle Tennessee, balled yeah. out when CJ left. Like, balled the fuck out. So it's showing me that you're replaceable. Avante Maddox, our, our nickel corner got hurt. I mean, you saw it. I, he got yeah. hurt against Dallas. Like, they fucking tore him apart. So it's tougher to replace a corner than it is a safety. Oh, I agree. So, I, agree. I mean, again, I at this point, I just have to, like, ride it out. CJ was traded for, I think, two weeks before the season started last year as well. So, like, I'm just going to wait to see what Howie has up his sleeve, what, what safety does come in. I'm holding okay. out hope for Kevin Byard from Tennessee. He's a mm-hmm. Philly guy. Um, I think he would be an upgrade over CJ as a true safety. So, until until the season starts and we have that hole, I can't be I can't be mad at it. Yeah. Okay. Well. well yeah. We'll we'll see what what, what it ends up to be. Hey, any last words? Uh, for hey, I'm gonna see if I know a guy anymore. I, I got a little bit. I still have some future bets, but I'm gonna see if I know a guy. 
and yeah. and see where these March Madness bets end end up for me. <laughs> um, but hey, continue. Anything you want to say, brother? I'm sorry. No, no, I think I'm all good. Um, yeah, I think we hit it all. Yes, sir. Hey, continue to support the podcast and those we trust podcast on YouTube uh, at we trust underscore podcast on Instagram. Follow Liam on the Instagram at Liam Stokes 11. Hey, trust. All right. Thanks, Lee.